Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today as we read more stories, from the popular subreddit r slash pro revenge. Please sit back and enjoy. I was able to simultaneously gain a 30k per year pension for my mother while wiping my father's retirement. Story by Astakask. My father is the Canadian Satan. Growing up with him was less than fun and I can assure you, based on witnessing it he was a less than fun husband. I'd go on about what a piece of shit my father is but instead, I'll quote a judge you're the most despicable human I've ever had in my courtroom and that's coming from a family court judge. I read this whining endorsement of my dad's personality in the court documents I acquired related to his divorce with my mum. The same place I discovered the fuckery he had engaged in to steal from my mum. It's also where I found the information I needed to get one over on him so severely he's going to disinherit me. This is a bit of a long read so TLDR at the bottom. A frame of reference about my father is that he's a pathological narcissist and behaves exactly how those people are compelled to act. They aren't generous people and punching them in the wallet is like a slap shot to the taint from Gretzky. He's kind of like Donkey from Shrek but also Joseph Stalin, a monstrous Jack A. Chapter 1, Hosea 3-8 Those that sow the wind shall reap a whirlwind. Our actions always have consequences and my padre has plenty to answer for. My attempts to hold him to account didn't jump to immediate jihad, they started with diplomacy and a therapist. About 10 months ago when our tale begins I was going through some stuff. Stuff being a whole lot of PTSD related to both my dad's abuse and my job as a paramedic. He did a ton that affected me deeply, things that I needed to move past, along with all that other razzmatazz from 15 years of EMS. In so trying to move past and work through everything I quit drinking, started turning my untreated PTSD into treated PTSD and thought having my dad involved might help me in our relationship. Will I seriously fucking misjudge that one so you'll probably be unsurprised to hear that conversation went swimmingly. I'll spare you the lurid detail but when I broached the subject with him our back and forth degenerated into visceral hate with him screaming at me that I'm a failed paramedic, liar and alcoholic. While I have a certain pride about my job, I have more pride in my 14 months of sobriety, so hearing this from my old man might have caused me to behave a bit psychotically. I got right pissed off at him and decided to dig up every bit of dirt I could, see what kind of man he actually is and has been. When it was convenient I hoped in the mystery machine before taking a trip to the courthouse to unleash my inner gumshoe. Everything is public record, so I bulk bought copies before retiring to my easy chair to read, plot, and pet my white long-haired cat. For good measure, I obtained a file of divorce documents from my mother. Soon enough I hit upon a line of inquiry worth following up on, it seems that during the final settlement of my parents' divorce, 2002, my mother was awarded one-third of my father's employment pension. She was a stay-at-home mother and could not earn one herself so it was given to her by a judge. Mighty fucking strange because my father as he brags took a nearly full pension and retired a bit early. No way that he was living the last 10 years after retiring early on a two-thirds pension, he isn't constantly crying about it. So I asked my mother if she was collecting a pension from his job or had cashed out the value, 100k plus at the time, 20 years ago, no to both questions. Well, that's interesting, I wonder if that's collectible on and what 20 years of compound interest from a pension fund make it worth. Well I did eventually find out along with the fact that my dear old dad had been collecting my mother's portion for 10 years, in a hilariously open violation of a legal order from a judge. Why didn't my mother pursue this sooner? A combination of being unable to afford a lawyer, being his victim for 20 years and pessimism after so much of his continued dodging obligation to the order, she just quit. There is effectively no statute of limitations he could hide behind because the wording of the settlement. Insofar as I could tell I had him dead to rights and my mother would be collecting, it would be a slam dunk. I just needed to hire a lawyer to help me, 
so I set out to find the most unbalanced, bloodthirsty psychotic who passed the bar exam. Chapter 2, Et Tu Pension Lady? As it says in the good book screw unto others as they would screw unto you, so that's what I set out to do. The misanthropic sociopath I hired for legal counsel suggested we send a demand letter to the pension office to try and remedy it before filing what would undoubtedly be an easy win for him. I agreed in spirit and instead phoned up the pension office and got put through to the woman managing my father's file. Well, she was a delight and it was a trivial matter for me to get her to loathe my dad. We talked for 45 minutes and I swear if you'd given me another hour I could have convinced her to suicide bomb his house. In all our conversations about life, families, and relationships we got down to some things of note. Since I could show her correspondence her office had sent to my father, cc'd my mum on, some years ago and ongoing for five consecutive years, trying to resolve this matter, which he had ignored, she was more than willing to start the process on remedy immediately. Full cooperation from this lady and her office was a matter of merely providing documentation and with my lawyer on retainer, this office was beyond asking my father to comply, they complied for him. About two months since I last spoke to my father and he now had no idea his pension was about to take a serious hit. Below I'm going to break down how big a turd I put into his bowl of ice cream. My mother's portion was made whole and adjusted to reflect that her portion was brought to maturity and beyond so his early retirement doesn't affect her fund. So he loses 10 years of valuation to her, he also retired 3 years early which knocks him down now to 17 years of pension valuation, not 27. If you'd forgotten my dad had been collecting my mum's money and was overpaid by 30k per year for the last 10 years. Like I said mom was made whole, so the pension company is going to claw back that overpayment from the base valuation of his current pension fund. I'm not exactly sure what that does to the number but it effectively nerfs my old man's private retirement fund. He's got a government old age pension, that he took early too, whoops. My dad did some awful things to me but I only had to suffer 17 years of him, my mum still has the high score at 20. As much as I did this for spite and malicious glee, I did do it to give my mum a chance at a proper retirement. Chapter 3, Glitter Bombs of Justice My mother started collecting her pension about three months after I contacted the pension office and to celebrate she bought tickets to New Zealand for the family for Christmas, so we can see our relatives. I was able to get most of my retainer from the lawyer back and to celebrate I went online to order a glitter bomb. I was able to ship it to my old man anonymously from another country, God bless the USA. I heard through my sister he opened it up in his stupid red Miata, he'll never get rid of it. TLDR. Got my mother a pension that she was actually awarded in a divorce. My dad had been overpaid for 10 years, had to answer for it. Pro-Army Revenge, PAR, is par for the course. Story by Sloppy Ice Cream. Dear reader, I had an illustrious 21-year career in the United States Army, USA, which miraculously concluded with an honorable discharge. 21 years and 14 combat deployments produce a lifetime of stories. The overwhelming majority of memories are comical, and worth remembering. Like the time I borrowed another human's truck or the time I relocated an artillery display in my barracks room. However, some memories are extra ammunition after a live fire exercise, LFX, worth donating to Chuck and Barry. Memories were suppressed so well that they never happened. However, these memories can be unintentionally triggered. I worked at the bad place before attending assessment and selection. Working there was the sole reason for attending selection. The bad place, TBP, was a three-star command, and nursing home for dying careers. TBP was a mixture of the National Guard, Army Reserve, Active Duty, and Department of the Army Civilians. It was essential a foreign planet for a soldier who had grown up in the regiment and the 82nd Airborne Division. 
Overnight, I transitioned from airborne infantry to the equipment tracking officer. It was my sole purpose in life to source pre-deployment training equipment, PDTE, for deploying National Guard and Army Reserve units. These units would request specific types of equipment, and it was my responsibility to source at least two-thirds of the requested equipment. I should mention, that my boss at TBP was a Department of the Army Civilian, DAC. I had 10 years of service under my belt, and it was the first time my direct supervisor was a civilian. Now, I have no issues with civilians, but I do have issues with horrible leadership. Mike was horrible. Mike was a dirty diaper, full of of it and always on my ass. Side note. Sloppy, I feel the need to mention that TBP recently moved. Reader, moved? Sloppy, yes. Deep South one day, and the Midwest the next. Reader, aliens? Sloppy, nope. Base realignment and closure, BRAC. Reader, what? Sloppy, the army decided to close some bases and expand others. Reader, puzzled, oh. So, what's this have to do with the story? Sloppy, there were two active duty soldiers and two Department of the Army civilians performing the duties of equipment tracking officers in the Deep South. None of them moved, and all continuity was lost. Reader, okay. There had to be some kind of transition though. Right? Sloppy, yes. All four of them spent countless hours informing me how terrible of a human Mike was via email. Reader, oh. Story time again. Dear Reader, I had no earthly idea what my job was, or how I was to perform it initially. Making matters worse, I would quickly learn Mike had no earthly idea either. Mike only knew what Z, final product, looked like and was mentally unaware of the other 26 letters in the alphabet. Mike was less useful than blinker fluid and football bats. Fear not dear reader, it only took 3 months of working from 05-00 to 23-00 to garner a nascent understanding of my roles and responsibilities. Thankfully, I had wonderful counterparts at sister organizations. Furthermore, they were all equally aware of how useful Mike was. Fast forward 4 months. The section was still composed of exactly one sloppy. I was 25% of the total allotted manpower performing 100% of the duties. If you wait until the last minute, it only takes a minute, was my battle cry. Life was grand. I had developed standard operating procedures, SOPs, and automated matrices to assist me. I was even starting to catch errors from the department that validates equipment requests. Note, remember, it was my duty to source two-thirds of the equipment request. I had a very unpleasant one-way conversation in August of 2011. Captain, CPT, Richard Cranium was requesting I provide three Rhino buses for training. Dear reader, I kindly explained why fulfilling this request was unfeasible. Problem solved, right? Nope. I then received a call from Lieutenant Colonel, LTC, Richard Cranium. I then received a call from Colonel, COL, Richard Cranium. The issue quickly became a self-licking ice cream cone of chaos. Ring. 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 Sloppy, the bad place, G4 equipment tracking officer, this is rank sloppy speaking. How may I help you sir or ma'am? Caller, this is Major General, MG, Richard Cranium from the California National Guard. Side note, civilian readers, the Major General is the boss dickhead for all National Guard soldiers in the state of California. Sloppy does not get calls from general officers, goes. Ever. Sloppy, how can I help you sir? MG Richard Cranium, angry, I am calling to inquire as to why you will not fulfill our equipment request. Is it not your policy to provide two-thirds?
Dear reader, I was now a bit agitated. I had clearly explained the issue to the company commander, battalion commander, and brigade commander. I now have an irate god-level commander on the phone and two courses of action, COAs, are cycling through my mind. I could kindly explain why this request was absurd, or I could go full regiment sloppy. Slot machine sloppy. Pulls lever. Wheel spinning. Still spinning. Regiment sloppy. Sloppy, sir, I clearly explained to the previous commanders why I cannot fulfill their request, and provided other options. M.G. Richard Cranium, I don't want options rank sloppy. I want my three rhino buses. Sloppy, time to get fired attitude, Roger sir. Well, as I told the previous commanders, there are only five rhino buses that exist on earth. Three of them are deployed to Iraq, and the other two are in Afghanistan. Do you wish for me to forward this equipment request to Forces Command, Firstcom slash Four Star General? M.G. Richard Cranium, oh. That won't be necessary rank sloppy. Sloppy, are you sure sir? I mean I can. M.G. Richard Cranium, no, did you explain this too? Sloppy, every single one of them sir. M.G. Richard Cranium, disregard. I have some phone calls to make. Dear reader, the world was right again. At least I thought it was. It appears the Major General was slow to contact his subordinate leadership. The Colonel had contacted Mike demanding I supply his unit with rhino buses. One would think a simple explanation would suffice for Mike, but one would be wrong. Common sense is an elusive fickle creature for Mike. It was like trying to explain what number the letter purple tastes like. Mike, did you tell a unit they can't have a piece of equipment? Sloppy, yes sir. Mike, why? Sloppy, because there are only five of them, and they are all deployed to combat zones? Mike, well, you need to figure out how to get them. Sloppy brain, ah? Is this man fucking serious? Sloppy brain, laughing, I think he is. Sloppy, like call the Pentagon and ask them to redeploy them from combat because some unit needs to train with them? Mike, IT's not your job to validate equipment. IT's your job to source IT. Do. You. Understand? Sloppy, lip service, roger that sir. Dear reader, when one door closes, check for an open window. I had over 90 units on my desk, and 30,000 pieces of equipment to source for the month of August. It didn't take long to find a window to crawl out. I found a unique request from an infantry unit. They requested a plethora of equipment and it all made sense, minus four pieces of equipment. Sloppy brain, pretty sure those four pieces of equipment need to be on a different type of request. Right? Sloppy brain, yeah, but IT's not your job to validate IT. Sloppy brain, oh. Right. Dear reader, I sourced it. All four of them. It was not an easy task either. I literally had to scour the entire country for available inventory. I made phone call after phone call to make this request happen. None of the items were collocated. They would need to be transported from the far stretches of the continental United States, and failure was not an option. I had fulfilled my responsibilities. I source the equipment and turn it over to Mike for signature. Mike's signature magically allocates funding and authorizes the transportation of said equipment. Dear reader, things typically roll downhill. However, this specific request defied the laws of gravity. Stuff was going to roll uphill. I crawled back through the window and waited a month for the fallout to ensue. Truth be told, due to my heavy workload, I had forgotten about my magnificent accomplishment. It was another horrible day at work, until I received a magical phone call. Ring. Ring.
Ring. Sloppy, the bad place, G4 equipment tracking officer, this is rank sloppy speaking. How may I help you sir or ma'am? Caller, hello. I am Sergeant First Class, SFC, Ricky Bobby. I am the Long Range Surveillance, LRS, Platoon Sergeant for unit name. Sloppy, hey Ricky. How can I help you? SFC Ricky Bobby, well I am looking at four helicopters, and I am told I need to sign for them. Sloppy, yes mode, let me look at your request. Shuffling noises. Sloppy, yes. You requested two uh, 60 liters Black Hawk helicopters and two UH-47 Chinook helicopters correct? SFC Ricky Bobby, yes, but I requested them for spies, special purpose insertion extraction system, and fries, fast rope insertion extraction system, training. Laughing, I am not a pilot. What the hell am I supposed to do with four helicopters? Sloppy, laughing, I mean, once you sign for them, they're yours. I suppose you could try to fly them? SFC Ricky Bobby, laughing, fucking army. Suppose I could. Sloppy, laughing, don't worry man. I've got your back. I have already coordinated with our aviation validators to support your request. I will give you their number. SFC Ricky Bobby, I'm ready to copy. Sloppy, 867-5309. SFC Ricky Bobby, thanks man. Sloppy, call me back if you have any issues brother. I will walk upstairs, G3 slash operations, and get this sorted so you boys can do spies and fries. SFC Ricky Bobby, Wilco, will comply, man. Dear reader, not only does stuff roll uphill, but shit rolls uphill faster than I expected. I had just hung up the phone and was departing for lunch. I didn't make it five feet before I was beckoned to Mike's office. There are four chairs in Mike's office. One with a load-bearing capacity of at least 400 pounds, and four normal people chairs. I was awkwardly surprised to find it was already standing room only. The G4 Colonel, Deputy G4, Civilian-slash-DAC, and G3, Operations, Colonel were already in Mike's office. Mike, it seems we have an issue rank sloppy. Sloppy brain, we? Sloppy, really? I am not aware of any issues sir. Mike, well unit name is at Fort Hood, and the battalion commander is wondering why one of his platoon sergeants signed for four helicopters. Sloppy, shocked, did they request four helicopters? I can go get the equipment request. Mike, I have IT. Right here. In my hands. Sloppy, puzzled, okay. Did they request? Mike, yes. They did. Sloppy, I don't understand the. G4 Colonel, the issue is, we needlessly shipped four helicopters across the United States. G3 Colonel, there are already helicopters at Fort Hood. Helicopters, and pilots, there to support spies and fries training. They are there specifically for this type of request. G4 Colonel, rank sloppy. Did this request not look odd to you? Sloppy brain, hysterical laughter. Sloppy, absolutely sir. Entire room, shocked faces. Just baffled as fuck. G4 Colonel, then why did you source it? Sloppy retells entire Rhino bus saga. Sloppy, sir, as I understand it, IT's not my job to validate. IT's my job to source IT. Mike made it very clear on multiple occasions. Mike, angry, rank Sloppy do you realize you just cost the army over $100,000 to ship equipment we didn't need to ship? Sloppy, sir. G3 Colonel, pissed off, no Mike. 
you just cost the army over $100,000. Mike, sir. G4 Colonel, Mike. It is your signature that authorizes the allocation of money and shipping. Did you tell Rank Sloppy it's his job to the source? To not validate anything, and only source? Mike, sir, I did, but. G4 Colonel starts walking out. G4 Colonel, Mike. Let's have a meeting. In my office. Sloppy brain, oh. That sounds bad. Sloppy brain, yeah, but Mike. Not us. Sloppy, right. Sloppy retreats to desk. Side note, I know the G3 Colonel. We had worked in the same unit when he was a major. G3 Colonel follows Sloppy. Sits on Sloppy's desk. G3 Colonel, laughing hysterically, how in the fuck did you do it? Sloppy, do what? G3 Colonel, find four helicopters? Sloppy, I called everyone. I leveraged my network of contacts, and made it my mission. G3 Colonel, what did your counterpart say about the request? Sloppy, they have the same sentiments towards Mike. G3 Colonel, shaking his head, honestly? That's impressive. Sloppy, sir, I was going to get shit on either way. So I decided, fuck Mike. G3 Kern, yup. F Mike I guess. Dear reader, thank you for reading my Petty Army Revenge, P.A.R. I have good news. I no longer worked for Mike after that interaction. Other misdeeds, stories, came to light after that encounter. I had a long desk side meeting with the G4 colonel and fully detailed my relationship with Mike. It's nearly impossible to fire the Department of the Army civilians, but it was easy to move me. The G3 colonel found a more suitable position for infantrymen. It also sucked, but he gave me ample time to prepare for assessment and selection. I was at TBP for 18 horrible months before I found greener pastures. I could lament on all the horrible things, but it's not worth it. Why? At least I know where to go if I ever need four helicopters. Cheers. Sloppy. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.